Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. From Andres Bergen, the acclaimed creator of the popular graphic novel Bullet Gal, comes the retelling of the classic Tristan and Isolde. Tristan Holt turned things on its head and places our heroes in a 70s pulp world. Queenie rules with an iron fist, and when two of her best men are killed, it's up to her niece Trista to find out what happened. Tristan Holt by Andres Bergen. Available online at If Comics. That's If question mark C-O-M-M-I-X. Issues also available at dollardownloads.com. You're listening to the Can Dare Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! Welcome to another episode of Candair, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. And joining us today from thinkalikeproductions.com, home of such independent comics like The Agency, Salvagers, Max Hunter, and Summons, all great books, come uh, Ruben Romero and Benjamin Charbet to talk about Pray for Angels. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thank you. Hey, hey, thank you for having us. It's great to have you back. We had you back, I think, on, what was it, episode 87, and... Uh, we had a great time. That was the first time we did the new format. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Ghostbusters. I got to I listened to that today in preparation, and uh, <laughs> we had a good time. So I'm, I'm anticipating a good time today. We will Absolutely. we will try to dupli- we will try to duplicate it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about Star Wars in uh, this week's retro roundtable. Just because uh, this is the last time we're going to get to have a retro roundtable before the movie comes out. So, yeah, I uh, think it's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, in a week from sa- uh, Friday, right? <laughs> Yes, next, it's, it next comes, Thursday. Next Thursday is the early premiere, which I already have tickets for, and uh, and then uh, I'll be seeing it again on Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> and maybe oh, Monday. <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm not. We're not seeing it till Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. But, that was uh, the only tickets that were available for that day at the theater that we wanted to go because we've got our own choice theater. We're spoiled. Yeah, we're, we're spoiled by the AMC theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We. I got my alert on Fandango that tickets were available. I ran into my wife's uh, office because she was working, and I said, "Quick, hurry up, buy fifty tickets." You know. So it was like, <laughs> oh, you were one of those people. <laughs> it was. It was one. It's one of those things where it's like, I'm such a fan. Of, of Star Wars in general, everything everything Star Wars, um, and I'm and I and I admire J.J. Abrams so much. So when he took the the directing job, I was just you know through the roof, and um, and and I told her I said I have to watch it Thursday night because it's just going to be all over the internet, you know. And I'm and you know I'm constantly on Facebook, you know, doing posting stuff for Think Alike and stuff like that. And there's always that one guy that's like, oh, Kylo Ren kills everybody, you know. Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> You know, and it's just, it's going to, I'm going to have to find that guy's address and pay him a visit, you know? (laughs) So I just didn't want that to happen. So I wanted to make sure I saw it on Thursday. And then Ben lives down in Miami and so does my best, and so does my best friend Roger. And they're coming up uh, to Tampa to come watch it with me uh, the following day. So we're making like a big deal out of it. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. I've uh, been thinking about that. I'm going to 
have to avoid social media altogether oh, yeah. no, as absolutely. soon as it releases because there's going to be a spoiler in there that I'm mm-hmm. going to catch I don't want to see. But... You'll hide in the cave for the next three days. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, I probably won't look at Facebook on uh, Friday at work, then drive up to Tampa on Friday night and then have to wait till Saturday afternoon. And I know these guys are going to be, oh, let me tell you about this. And I'll be like, okay, not <laughs> if you don't want to live. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin this for me, guys. I've had to just keep passing stuff on Facebook lately, just going through the feed because they keep showing, oh, there's a new TV spot. Oh, this and that. Oh, this about Star Wars. I'm like, I don't need to know anymore. Right. Like the last big trailer was the last one I saw and cared to watch because I don't I don't want to know anymore. Well, right. let's just jump right into this. Like, I'm going to put the intro right here. Let's <laughs> officially start the segment. <laughs> and here we go. <laughs> all right, now we're back. Um, so with all the TV spots being out and all the merchandise and everything, wh- hang on, Bubba's driving by in his pickup yeah. truck here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're trying to record, Bubba. Keep it down. <laughs> what do you guys uh, expect of the new movie? Do you expect it to be uh, remarkable? I mean, I think everyone does, but what do you, what do you think it's going to be like? I saw the trailers and you know it looks it looks fantastic but I don't know I have this nagging sense I have this spidey sense the last couple days uh, not not reading about Facebook or what have you but just like I hope I mean I love JJ Abrams and um, you know everything he does is I've seen and I, I you know especially on TV world but I have somewhere in the back of my mind a nagging nagging feeling that like uh, it might somehow be a little disappointing and i hope to god it's not but i just have this nagging feeling and and uh you know obviously i won't know until i see it i've read a couple of not necessarily good reviews uh maybe that has something to do with it Mm. um so i mean i think it from what i expect it looks amazing i don't know what the story is i can't really tell i mean obviously i'm a fan of the first three uh, episodes four through six, that is. So, you know, when I see Han Solo and Chewie and Princess Leia and Luke, honestly, that's what I want to see. The other characters, I don't know. So uh, to me, I, I'll, I'll wait till see what happens. But the trailers look very good. Uh, you know, I mean, I think that J.J. Abrams did a very good job with Star Trek uh, in terms of the casting and the and the writing uh, and the first one he did. But the story was a little, mm, I don't know. So right. we'll see. I um, would have to... I'm sorry, go right ahead, Ruben. No, 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 go for it, go for it. I was just going to have to say I uh, totally agree with you, Ben. I, I've i had those same uh, nagging thoughts in the back of my head. It's gotten so much hype, and everybody has really held J.J. Abrams up like this new uh, messiah or something, <laughs> like come to save this trilogy without seeing the movie yet. Now... I'm not saying I think it's going to be garbage. I think it's going to be fantastic. I think he's going to do a great job. But like you said, there's always that possibility. Now, you mentioned him doing a great job with Star Trek, which he did. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was so. fantastic. Yeah. But when you look into, uh, when you ask a hardcore Trekkie, a lot of them got really pissed off. It mm-hmm. erased yeah. the whole storyline before. So I can say I enjoyed Star Trek, but I'm no Trekkie. I'm a right. big Star Wars fan, so I don't want any kind of... Uh, it's just really scaring me how close they're keeping Luke to the chest. 
Yeah. You know, anyway, Ruben, go ahead. You know, I, I, I agree on those fronts. I, I really do. I think that especially I think that that's probably why he he, you know, he being J.J. Uh, declined the first time Kathleen Kennedy came around and, and asked him to to come on board. He probably did not want the responsibility of having to usher in this new generation of Star Wars, uh, being the ultimate Star Wars fan that he is. Uh, I personally <clears throat> those reservations went out the window. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Lost fan. I love everything that J.J. has done on TV. Um, you know, Star Trek, I was never a Star Trek kid. I was always a Star Wars kid. Uh, and he got me to watch Star Trek. And, I, and I've heard, you know, like you said, hardcore Trekkies be like, that's not my Star Trek. Well, that, that's the thing. It's it's not your Star Trek. It's, it's J.J.'s Star Trek. And it's a Star Trek for the new generation. Um, and I think that with Star Wars, I think that there's so many great things that we're seeing that are already happening, such as the old cast being back. Um, Lawrence Kasten, you know, being brought on board to 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 write the script uh, that he, you know, he did Empire Strikes Back, which is probably every Star Wars person says Empire is the best movie. Uh, you know, I I try to I lean towards towards Return of the Jedi, but a lot of people, if you ask them, it's it's Empire. Um, and, and having John Williams come in and do the music, of course, is, oh, yeah. is is amazing. And then you've got this new generation of just these heavy hitting. You know, he didn't go out and get like, you know, not just any no names. I mean, I think Daisy Ridley is probably the only one who hasn't really done anything. But John Boyega is fantastic and Attack the Block. Oscar Isaac is just a beast of an actor. Um, yeah, Domel Gleason, who's going to play General Hux is an, an, another great actor so we've got all these great you know people that are on board with this project so i don't i don't have any worries i think you know maybe i'm too close to it maybe i'm so in love with it that I pro i'll probably walk out of there you know not disappointed at all whereas to somebody else will be like eh it, it didn't live up to the hype but i think nowadays that's the trend i mean i walked out of avengers 2 thinking avengers 2 was great and i got online and and people were like that's garbage that it's this it's that and it's like i think you can't please everybody so i think you know he's gonna fall somewhere in the middle and hopefully you know just a little higher than than the middle and 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 people don't don't rip them apart too bad um but i think he was the smart choice and i think that they're going to deliver a great a great a great film i think the one the one great thing about this star wars uh coming back because i honestly never thought it would come back is uh my niece just got who's uh gonna be nine in december she's just saw the episode four five and six because my sister's a big star wars fan and she just loved it, and she can't wait to see Star Wars 7. And now my sister can take her daughter to see Star Wars 7. Even my little niece at 3 was like, Chewie! It's her favorite character. <laughs> so the great thing about the Star Wars franchise coming back is we've got all these, this new generation of kids that get introduced to it and just are amazed by, you know, what is this? Why are my parents so into this? And then they see it, and they realize, you know, the Ewoks and and, and the, the characters, maybe they don't understand the dark subtleties of uh, Darth Vader or what have you. But uh, you know, the, like my nieces love Princess Leia and Chewie and the and the uh, and the Ewoks. So I think that's a great thing. And you know, I love J.J. Abrams, like Ruben said. Lost, even back then, Alias, I thought was fantastic. Um, he's done a very good job with Mission Impossible movies. I think, in fact, he's made them better than ever. I think. 
Um, I think Star Trek only got better with Star Trek sec- the second Star Trek he did, and this this new one. Although I don't think he's directing it, but he's still involved. No. And then and then all the offshoots of his writers are just everywhere, and you know, Cuse and and Lindelof and all those guys, Paper Products, uh, that that company that with those writers. I mean, so he's got a hell of a legacy. I'm not. I don't particularly care too much about what the people on Facebook say because a lot of them are hacks. Uh, <laughs> but um, I just, as you know, I I, I'm, I'm, I love Star Wars. I mean, you know, I I, I saw the first Star Wars 1977 in Paris, uh, wow. in French. So, and I was like, what is this? And then the second one, 1980 in, in Paris, and then 1984 was in LA to see um, Return of the Jedi. And I never thought there would ever be better movies than those. So then when, when Lucas decided to do episodes one through three, it was like, oh, my God, yes, yes, yes. And then it was like, garbage. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, yeah, I, I fall on the other side of that coin. But, you know, uh, I, I think I think one through three, uh, again, have a very beautiful story in it. Um you know, there were, I think Lucas was just very excited to be able to do all the things that he couldn't do with four, five, and six visually, um, and and it's a testament. I mean, look, we can't even get the original one through three on Blu-ray. We have to get the ones that are altered with the new scenes, and all of those things. So I think, you know, the the I, I, I think as a whole, it's just you know, Star Wars one through six, uh, Clone Wars, uh, and now with Rebels on TV, uh, it, it's, it's just an amazing franchise. It's just something that, that I think it's uh, Harrison Ford said that, you know, he was proud to be a part of it just because he gets to pass the baton to, to, to this new generation of, of, of people watching this movie. And, and I think that that's a, that, 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 that shows just how important this franchise is. Oh, absolutely. I would just say one more thing in terms of, uh, Rebels. I think Rebels is very good, but for some reason, I, it's getting a little goofy. And <laughs> and I, I, I prefer Clone Wars because it was darker and it was, um, you know, I just, I guess maybe I'm waiting to see Darth play a, a fight Ahsoka more. That's what oh, I'm waiting yeah. for. I'm waiting for that whole thing because it's yeah. kind of off kinda of that cut. whole part when yeah, they I mean, realized I like, each other. Yeah, I like Ezra, but it's like... Uh, come on, it's getting a little. It's it's just I don't know. I just so I hope it's it's more. It's not like that, in terms of a little kitty. Right. I think that if Lauren, if if Ruben says Lawrence Kasdan wrote it and who wrote uh, Empire Strikes Back, I hope there's some. And I think from the, what I see from the trailer, it looks pretty dark because it's. I'm not exactly again. I can't. I don't know what the story is about. I don't know how they're going to start off from the last one, which uh, you know, Return of the Jedi. So I'm I'm interested, but I hope it's not. I think it's hope it's more adult and less kid oriented. That's just for me. I totally know what you're talking about. Rebels is a good show, but yeah. between that and the Clone Wars, I would definitely take the Clone Wars again. It mm-hmm. was the animation was better. It definitely was darker. I especially that last season, like when the uh, mm-hmm. goes off on his own. Yeah, yeah. they did that to, oh. to finish it up after Disney sold them. Yeah, just to kind of merge the that one into New Hope a little bit. It was a good ending, I yeah. thought. I thought it was really cool how they how he went through the whole training for the yeah. force apparitions. It was really neat. Mm. I agree. What about you? What are your thoughts on the uh, new movie? I mean, what do you think it's going to hold? I think it's going to be awesome, but I'm trying to keep my expectations not real high, so I don't. Grounded. Yeah, just so it's like when I went and saw Iron Man two. I was so <laughs> excited, so excited to get, get to see. What was his name? The uh, the Mandarin. And then right. when I walked out, I was so mad. Yeah. 
because I had such high expectations of that. And then, yeah, that's so. Wait, that was the. That's no, third, third, one. third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Still, though, I know exactly yeah. what you mean. <laughs> I, I went and saw that movie by myself. Uh, Brooke couldn't go, but I wasn't about to wait. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I was like, really? Yeah. That's it? <laughs> like, yeah, I was so mad at the end of that. Yeah. So, yeah, going into Star Wars, it, it looks awesome. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. But I, I just want to keep my expectations even so I can come out and be like, yes, it was amazing. Yeah, it's easy <laughs> to let your expectations run away with the amount of marketing they've been doing and yeah. all, the, all the toys there are. I, I don't think I'll be let down. I don't think anybody will be. I don't think so. Seeing, Some uh, people will be. But. Seeing the old group back together, just watching over the weekend, watching em- yeah, Empire over the weekend. Like towards the end, for I almost got that almost a well welling up in the eyes feeling because yeah. just excited for the next one, and then it was <laughs> gonna come and continue. Yeah, you, well, you, like uh, like Ben said, you never thought you'd see it. Yeah, ever yeah. in a yep. million years, especially after the when the the prequels came out because they were yeah, because right. that was like a nail in the coffin. Like yeah. okay, oh uh, yeah, I I, I I think I disagree with Ruben on the I, the prequels had horrible casting, horrible acting. Lucas' writing was awful. I mean, yeah, there were some cool fights, especially the last one we get to see Darth Vader. That's pretty cool. But, I mean, Hayden Christensen and, and Jar Jar yeah. Binks. Yep. I mean, literally, if they... if, if I, They're pretty... It's probably false stories. But if they show up in that movie, I'm walking out. I'm like, goodbye. No. I'm done. No. I'm done. No, you know what? I, I You know, I like I said, you know, um, one through three, I, I think it's difficult. Uh, episode one is difficult because... Jar Jar Binks is not the greatest character, uh, su- supporting character to to follow around uh, two great Jedis in Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we have to deal with that. And then we have to deal with uh, following a child around uh, yeah. in, in Anakin. And the kid, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, he beat out thousands and thousands of other kids and he did the best job that he could. Uh, but what I love about those movies is... You know, the story of the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker, mm-hmm. um, our lead in, uh, our, our peeking into Darth Plagueis, uh, that story that, that, that Palpatine tells Anakin in that opera room about Darth Plagueis and, oh, yeah. and all those things. The dead yeah. life. Right, right. I mean, that's just, I mean, it's just so powerful. But again, you know, I tell people all the time, I said, Lucas, as great as he is, he isn't a great writer and he isn't a great director. That's why there's a reason why Empire and Return of the Jedi stand out from that trilogy. And it's because the writing was done by other people and the movie was directed by other people. Lucas is the visionary. He's the guy who sits back and says, look at this great idea I came up with. Look at this universe I came up with. Now help me. You know, there's uh, there was an article that I just read that he approached... Um, Ron Howard and two other directors. I can't remember. Ron Howard sticks out to me, though. But Ron Howard and two other guys uh, to to direct the prequels. And, and all three of them... Oh, it was Ron Howard, Steven Spielberg, and um, Zemeckis, or Zemix. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, Robert Zemeckis. Uh, he asked those three guys to direct the prequels, and they all turned him down. So he pretty much was left... You know, standing there with all his toys in his sandbox, and was like, "Well, I'm gonna do it." Um, so again, I, I just think that they get a lot of flack because of Jar Jar Binks and a lot of overusage of CGI. But you know, they built a lot of sets. Unfortunately, those sets were in green room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, studios with green room backdrops, uh, green screen backdrops, and things like that. So that in turn makes the the built set 
look animated because those guys got to come in and touch them up in, in on, on the computer um, so that they, they blend well. So it just, you know, unfortunately, it just didn't have that that original trilogy feel. Um, and I think that that's why I'm in love with, with, this, with this new one because the trailers, they feel like the old ones yeah, you know they, they feel really, like they you really know do. um so they, it's just that thing and the whole you know keeping luke to the chest I, I i don't have any worries about that because i know that he's gonna come out in that you know in that climactic scene and he's gonna take the hood off you know he's gonna take the hood over his head off and he's gonna ignite that lightsaber and the whole theater is going to erupt because yeah. we've been dying to see Luke and he's going to have that Obi-Wan Kenobi beard and that mm-hmm. robot hand and and Kylo Ren is going to go running for the hills you know because Luke is the man so <laughs> so you know I think that it, it's all for surprise and, and shock value and things like that um, I, I, you know I just I, I can't wait I can't I'm a, I'm a little kid I cried at that at that trailer when we saw Han and Chewie mm-hmm. and he was like Chewie we're home I cried my wife was in the other room and she heard me and she was like are you kidding me and I was like no <laughs> I was like you don't understand you don't understand You'll and I was like my, <laughs> my hands were shaking it was just it's just this this I'm 12 all over again so it's 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 great it's great I, I totally I totally get it. Yeah, I think one thing the first three movies had working against them. I mean, I'm totally with. I'm with both of you guys. They're staples in the universe, and there is a lot of good that came from them. The casting and the acting was horrible, mm-hmm. especially Christian Hayden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard to watch sometimes. I hate, but them. those movies were on a much, much bigger scale. Than four, five, and six. Four, five, oh, and yeah. six, you're much more personal with a small group of characters. Where in these first three, you know, not only are you learning all the politicians, all the different Jedi's, mm-hmm. all the different generals and bad guys, um, you know, the politics at work, how you know where the war is headed. There's so much to keep track of and to worry mm-hmm. about. When in four, five, and six, you can just hang out with those uh, characters you love. Yeah. You know, you're on the ride with them, discovering everything. Right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. You know, you're, yeah. you're with that small group of rebels, Leia, Han, Chewie, Luke, <clears throat> you know, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and in the, fir- and the in the prequels, you've got, I mean, the list goes on and on. One thing I will say for the prequels, though, great villains. I mean, Dooku, oh, Grievous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Darth Maul, even though he was underused. Um, I read a great article of uh, like a fan theory of how the prequels would have been if Darth Maul would have been able to continue being like the main villain. And it was just like this wonderful setup. And I was like, man, that's great. Too bad they cut him in half, you know. But right. I mean, you know, we got him back in uh, in Clone Wars, which was a treat as well. Um, so, again, I think if you watch this, if if you're if you're a Star Wars canon fan, I think that there's a little bit of everything for you in in everything, whether it's the original trilogy, the prequels, the cartoons, the books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's you know, there you can go and get your Star Wars fix and, and be happy in, in whatever medium you choose. Even the comic books now, Marvel is doing an amazing job with the with the Star Wars books. I'm, I'm reading pretty much all of them, uh, including the Chewbacca standalone. And I thought that one was going to be horrible. And it's great. It's great. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
And then you've got the games Battlefront where you can go be the Empire or the oh, Rebellion. Don't, now don't we'll even sell to local retailers. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't even talk about that. I'm addicted to that game. I've I, I don't even like first person shooters, and I bought the game because I, I how can how can I resist the chance to be part of the Rebellion and go oh, shoot absolutely. a bunch of bucket heads? Yeah. You know, it just I had to have it. So are you on Xbox One or on a PS4? No, he's uh, PS4. I'm a PS4 guy. Oh, Ruben, yeah, build me yeah. up and shot me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we're going to be shooting some Imperials together. Yeah. Not the case. Not the case. All right, guys. Anything else on Star Wars? We've been going a little long here. Not that I've... We could uh, keep going, I think. Oh, we could fill yeah. this whole episode with mm-hmm. it. But then, uh, yeah, we wouldn't get to hear about Pray for Angels. So yeah. We got we to gotta cut it short. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, let's just jump into the comic dump bin. Talk about some comics. Let's do it. All right. Um, who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. Go first. I've got from... The November Loot Crate, the exclusive book that came mm, in it. I remember that now. Uh, okay. Street Fighter Hyper Looting, mm. issue number one. Turns out, well, of course, it's based on the Capcom game that we grew up with, Street Fighter. But the comic has a little bit of a different twist to it. It starts out at uh, Loot Crate headquarters. What? Where two of <laughs> one of the designers Shameless and plug. the merchandise buyer... They're asking, they're just sitting there talking. One of them's trying to park in a nice spot. He's got a nice car. And she's like, well, I only ride my bike. Next thing you know, boom, coming through the garage door, Balrog gets knocked in. Because you hear, oh, no, you hear Sonic, boom, Balrog comes flying in. And it's Guile, and he comes in. He's looking for some special item that has been packed in one of the boxes that all the villain fighters are looking for. And he ends up coming in. Nobody knows where it's at. He gets on the phone, starts calling all the other, like Chun-Li, uh, Cammy, and they're all in different parts of the world searching at all the, the Loot Crate headquarters. <laughs> shameless oh, plug, shameless yeah, plug. Yeah, no kidding. And it's funny, the whole time, there's, like, everyone that works at Loot Crate, pretty much. There's a warehouse associate, production. Who else is in here? And it gave me a good idea. Uh, marketing, merchandising, sourcing. Uh, returns and exchanges, software engineer, like all the people behind the scenes at Loot Crate were in it. That's hilarious. I don't know how to react. <laughs> and it leads out on a, a big cliffhanger, and inside the front cover there was a there's a code for uh, a digital copy for the, I guess the real Street Fighter Unlimited comic coming out. Huh? You want to see what happens in issue two? Buy another Loot Crate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was fun. It'd be a pretty. Pretty good. Better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. Street Fighter's always fun. It's definitely any, different any than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going <laughs> to I would say so. Yeah, I wouldn't expect them to be uh, fighting in the Loot Crate warehouse, but hey, this is what we've been given. We should be in a comic. Give it time. Seriously. <laughs> we will one day. I'll put, right. you in the, I'll put you in the agency if you want. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, make us just like the radio personalities or something. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who would like to go next? I'll uh, go. I'll you, go. You'll you go. Go for it. All right, so um, out of uh, New York Comic Con, I went to the image booth with Ruben to get into some image, so he got me into some image books. And over the holiday, I read three of them, uh, Birthright, uh, Ghosted, and Nailbiter. And, uh, you know, especially with... We'll talk about it later, but the art of that I'm of Sajad for Shaw for Pray for Angels. The art is a little different for me in in the image books, but I will say the uh, Kevin Williamson stories. The guy is amazing. I ended up when I was reading these books, I ended up 
not really caring about the art, more about the story. But I really like Ghosted, and I read Ghosted Volume One, and I really enjoyed that. I, I it was like a, uh, you know, they describe it as Ocean Eleven's Ocean's Eleven meets The Shining. I think it's oh, more. Wow. An, yeah, <laughs> I think it's more. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more. To me, when I was reading this, I saw more of Ocean's Eleven meets American Horror Story, Even uh, because there's there's horror, but the main character is just like I'm a big James Bond guy, and the main character is just a stud. He is just too cool. The way he's like in in prison, and the way he wears his suit, and he's all nonchalant with a cigarette. So uh, I really like Ghosted Volume One, uh, Haunted Heist. I'm definitely gonna get Volume Two, and uh, you know this guy Joshua Williamson is, uh, I, I mean, amazing writer. So. I definitely uh, recommend uh, that one if you haven't read it. But uh, of the three, I thought Ghosted was was definitely my favorite, um, and one that I would love to see either as a TV show or as a movie. Because again, I think the lead character is just really, really cool. Give AMC a year or two; it'll be up on it'll be on their uh, network. Yeah. yeah, I think, and he's he's really you know other than Robert Kirkman, I mean they they've got a lot of guys writing. You know they've got some great great writers over at um, over at Image, but but Joshua Williamson, um, you know he just to me all of his series that he's done so far, he's like to me he's he should be up next to bat uh, for for Image as, as far as live action, you know TV or movies go. Uh, his his books are just just great. They, they'll translate very very well. It's hard to find a bad book on the image label. It really is. Man, Ghosted sounds familiar. I think someone else I, talked I was about that. I just thinking about that. <laughs> that or I've seen it a lot at the store. Especially when you showed it. me the cover. It looks really familiar. Yeah. Yeah, you should. probably own it and don't even know it. I probably. It's really, really, it's really, really cool. And it just, I mean, from page one, when, when they go into the, the prison and talk about the, the main character, I'm like, this guy is awesome. Yeah. I yeah, Jackson... Jackson Winter is definitely one of my favorite comic book characters to date. Definitely. He's kind of like, you know what? He, I could see the actor that plays Constantine playing him because he's got that, just like in Constantine, the guy's got a, he's got a suit and a cigarette and he's got an attitude just like the actor that plays Constantine that me and uh, Ruben met at uh, TampaCon. That guy was uh, awesome in that summer. show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I still can't believe they canceled that show. That's here. ridiculous. I heard they're supposed to be. They might be bringing them back in a, the second second se- uh, season of Legends of Tomorrow. Right. I read that article. Right. And then like fi- like I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm not lying to you. I read the article. <laughs> I I, re- I read the article. Right. About how he's gonna come into into uh, season two of, of Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, that would be so great because he did so so well on Arrow in the yeah. Arrow episode. Um, so I was like, oh, that would be so awesome. So I click, you know, back and I'm scrolling down my Facebook page and they're like, oh, this CW uh, this CW show is so expensive it probably won't get a season two. I read and the I'm same like, thing. Yeah. I'm like, what what show are they talking about? And I click and it's. It's about Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, so which one is it? Are we getting a season two with Matt Ryan as Constantine, or are you guys canceling the show? What's going on? Oh, they won't. They won't cancel the show because it's gonna yeah. get, get crazy get. ratings. I hope so. It looks like a great show. I mean, this, if if this last crossover Flash Arrow uh, crossover was any indication of what Legends of Tomorrow is going to be, I mean, it was just. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that was yeah. a good crossover. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'll go up to bat next. Um, I'm reading a book uh, from Black Mass Studios um, called We Can Never Go Home. Um, and it's basically about these two 
teenage runaways who have a particular each of them have a particular power set um and they kind of run away together and the way they're making money is by you know breaking into drug houses and stealing from you know drug dealers and stuff like that and uh and they get kind of into a bind and uh they can only they they can turn the only person that they can turn to is the guy who they've been breaking you know stealing from uh and this guy seems to be building his own group of you know super powered individuals so it's it's a really cool funky book you know they don't pull any punches the art is 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 you know really really well done the colors are are, are funky um uh the writing is is excellent they they like i said they don't hold back they you know so it's there's a lot of f-bombs and you know it's 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 r-rated for sure um but it's a really fun book uh and i remember seeing the front cover of issue one and i was just uh in previews magazine and i was like i was like i'm gonna get this book just you know i did the old don't judge a book by its cover but i did and i was glad i did because it's it's a really fun book it's a really fun book so if you're not reading it you should definitely be reading we can never go home because it's 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 a ride it's a it's a definite ride we can never go home i'm writing that one down too what was the label that's on uh, it's Black Mass Studios. I've never even heard of that. Uh-uh. They're, they're another independent, you know. I, I try to seek these guys out because I try to, you know, uh, you know, obviously for Think Alike Productions, I try to see what other smaller independent studios are doing, especially when it comes to Diamond, um, because Diamond is such a tough nut to crack. Um, I, I like to see, you know, how they promote their books, uh, uh, what you know what schedule they're on are they on a bi-monthly are they on a monthly uh do they have do they try to get more than one book in at a time um so these guys you know with we can never go home kind of you know they i'm not going to say they hit a home run because i can't tell you their their exact numbers but they seem to be doing really well um and and they have a good formula so i try to you know support other independent labels right as much as i can i'm going to be looking into them i've never Mm -hmm. even heard of them sounds awesome yeah all right very cool well my offering this week is just uh occasionally <clears throat> i check in with the idw teenage mutant ninja turtle <laughs> comics on here so yeah. that's what i'm going to be doing this week uh, the last time i talked about it i was rather downtrodden because i had heard that issue 50 was going to be the end of the series mm-hmm. so uh, after issue 50 came a 51 it did continue um nice. and what has happened in, in issue 50 Splinter defeated the Shredder. They had a, uh, a showdown, some traditional ancient Japan kind of showdown. Yeah, I remember what you were talking about that. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, Splinter won and killed him. And in this deal they made, in this fight, the winner gains control back of the Foot Clan. So now Splinter is the leader of the Foot. And nice. He, he and the Turtles are trying to whip them into shape, like into good ninjas you know what i mean they're not robots in this one like they are in the the cartoon um i think there are some Mm. but uh for the most part they're training all these ninja how to fight you know with honor and whatnot michelangelo doesn't agree with it he's like we've fought against these people for years they've tried to kill us they destroyed our homes and now here we are living with them teaching them he's like i'm out of here so he's hit the road he hasn't been in the last issue really yeah 
That's uh, a very Raphael thing of him to do. Exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. And Raphael isn't uh, too happy about it either. But um, yeah, so it looks like Mikey's going to be joining the Mutanimals now. Sweet. Uh, is what the issue 53 is going to hold. But one thing that did change is the art. And not that I'm complaining at all. It kind of reminds me of uh, when Image did the Turtles way back in the day. I mean, kind of see how Splinter looks there. Mm-hmm. Like a cross between uh, Jim Lawson and the uh, the image uh, style that they did. But uh, it used to be very, I don't want to say cartoony, but uh, maybe a touch of anime in it. Everything stayed very symmetrical. Everything was very clean. And this is, uh, how would you describe it? I don't know how to say what I'm saying. I like. I kind of like the way they're done better. They're not so... Um, they were so, I don't think you liked the way they were. The other ones were drawn. I didn't actually. know. No, because they were their heads were real round. They're kind of baby face looking. These ones actually look more like the '80s turtles. A little baby bit more. faced. Yeah, it's definitely a, a bit rough around the edges. I like it though. So, so more dark, heavy shading in there. Yeah, very interesting things happening in this series that I never. Uh, it's something you never. Your mind never wonders. There. Well, what if uh, Splinter was leading the foot? You know. So it's cool to see that. That's a uh, crazy turn there. Yeah. So we'll I want to I want to since you're since you're reading it, I had read a couple of months ago. Uh, there was a whole big ordeal. Uh, did Donatello die or is he alive? Did he survive that whole attack? I don't know if we want to spoil it for people. I mean, this was Always a few months past ago. the point of spoiling. Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> over the summer, I think. Yeah, yeah. That was back in the, that was back in March. I think it was right. actually. Man. Right. Um, no, he's alive and well. Oh, okay. He's okay. There was. I, uh, I can sleep tonight then. All right. Well, you know, when they put that issue out, they the last panel was him laying there, his shell caved in, bleeding out. I mean, you were led to believe that was it. The mm-hmm. family cried over him. They were saying, "We've done all we can do." It looked pretty darn final. Didn't they take his right. brain and put it in metalhead? Yeah, they they put his consciousness in metalhead yeah. while they uh, they. Who was it? Harold, the scientist that he's friends with, took his body to the fugitoid in another dimension where they're working oh, on it. Right. Yeah, it got very technical, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's alive and well. Okay, good, good. I, was, I, I always thought that that was interesting, you know, that none of them have ever been in that position or where, you know, they're constantly fighting. I, I always thought, you know, like when, when I saw it, I was like, well, if they kill him off, I said, I said, that's something that's like kind of like natural progression. I mean, they could always, there could always be a new turtle that's introduced. I mean, obviously I don't agree with it. I think it should always right. be those four, but I think that, you know, they're always, they're always fighting. They're always in peril. So to me, one of them dying, I thought was kind of like, like, you know, it was kind of like a Robert Kirkman move. It was like, you know what? Like these guys have lived long enough. One of them's got to go to make it believable. So I thought when they pulled the plug, I thought they really pulled the plug, but I never looked back into it. And I I don't, I don't read the series. I should, I'm a huge turtles fan. Um, I actually put on my pull list, the, the, Turtles and and Batman uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to yeah. get that one. I'm curious. Next yes. month, I think. It's this yeah. month, I think. Or is it next month? I, I went down there looking for it last week, and he said next month. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. So Batman and the Turtles. I hope Batman crushes those guys up. No, he's gonna. <laughs> he's, you always want them to fight, Ben. Jesus. <laughs> There's like a. Gonna, I think one of the first cover. He's sitting together. there eating pizza with them. Yeah, they're going to be working together, Ben. Jesus. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like that, that's justice I'm with not, the Turtles. Uh, yeah. That's too PG, man. Come on, Batman is Mr. R. Come on, Ben Affleck. That that trailer, it's all about darkness and violence. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's but it's you know, the turtles, Ben. Let's we can have a little bit of fun. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't all have to be dark and gloom. 
Well, you know, I, going back to what you were saying, um, you know, thinking he was finally killed off, wondering if the uh, writer would actually go that direction. As distraught as I was when, what was it, issue 42, I think it happened in? I think so. As distraught <clears throat> as I was when that came out, I was at the same time thinking, wow, you know, bravo. You've you've done something that none of the other lines have done, is killed one of the turtles mm-hmm. off. I mean, I think Splinter died in the uh, image series, but it right. was of, like, natural causes. He didn't, wasn't killed in battle or anything, but you've never seen one of the turtles go. And if they were, if they would have stuck it out, yeah, it would have been hard, but I think that's what makes it so good that you, you know, this printed ink and paper here with four grown <laughs> turtles is pulling such emotion. Right. I was just mad it had to be my favorite turtle. Yeah. Well, he's, he, imagine if he was gone. He's the tech. He's the brain. Uh, yeah. He gets them out of everything. Mm-hmm. So if he's gone, the element of their, uh, their fighting dynamic has to totally change, you know? Yeah, the bow staff. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's just move right into Real World Heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? We have to go with the season Santa Claus. Santa, <laughs> yep. a hero. There was a video. I don't know if you guys have seen it all. It's all over YouTube right now. It went viral. But there was a family in England that took their daughter to a a mall, basically, to go visit Santa. She is hard of hearing, and when she got up on Santa's lap to to talk to him, he noticed that she was having trouble speaking. So she asked the the parents, you know, if she can speak well, and they said, "Well, oh, she knows some words." So he all of a sudden busted out sign language. Oh, really? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Oh wow! She was probably worried if he can't hear me or understand me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not getting. Oh, her face presents. lit up. It was she lit up like a Christmas tree, pretty much. Started talking right back, signing. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It's got to be a uh, tough job to be a Santa in a store like that, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. Are uh, so many cultures are everywhere. You know, you'd yep. have to know so much to be able to. It's uh, not like the John Belushi Santa Claus. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have to know a lot of different languages and, like, like you're saying, sign language mm-hmm. to be able to uh, talk to all the children. That blew me away when I heard about that. I guess also in Oklahoma City at the Oklahoma City Monroe Elementary School, there's a day where Santa comes and talks to all the the hard of hearing kids is that right yep wow that is amazing the only memory i have of a santa like a department store kind of santa growing up was when i was really young and our my mom took my sister and i into like a big lots or odd lots kind of store (laughs) you imagine what kind of santa is going to be sitting in this place (laughs) <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I mean, this was uh, back when smoking wasn't as taboo as it is now. You know, you could smoke in restaurants and uh, even in some stores. Mm-hmm. And here's Santa sitting with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And <laughs> he has brown on his beard. And I'm like, oh, my God. That left more of an impression on me. than Not that Mom took me there to sit on his lap. <laughs> no, exactly. Kids, we're going to Big Lots <laughs> to see Santa. <laughs> no, we were there getting something else. But anyway... Smoking Santa. Yeah. <laughs> he smokes a pipe. That needs to be a little, wrong with little figure. You squeeze his stomach and a little puff of smoke come out of his mouth. There you go. But yeah, that's uh, it's amazing. Seems like that Santa went the extra mile. He was a good-looking Santa, too. He reminded me of, uh, not like he's a hot... He's handsome. He's a handsome Santa. He, had, he didn't have the good old the silk false beard or nothing. He had a, a real beard. Oh. He fit the description real well. Kind of wow. like in... Uh, Santa Claus the movie. You ever see that? Uh, Tim Allen? No, no, that's the Santa Claus. It's back in the 80s. It was a 
Dudley Moore was in it. I don't think so. But that Santa was a pretty good Santa, too. Even the Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, yeah. He looked more like that Santa. The original one? Yeah. Yeah. Good movies. Mm Mm-hmm. And for that, just Santa? Santa, yeah. And for that, Santa, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. <laughs> so thanks for going the extra mile. I mean, think of all the children that you're keeping uh, believers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, let's just turn our attention over to Ruben and Ben and talk about Pray for Angels. Thanks again for being with us, guys. Not a problem. Thank, Thank you for having us. Now, I think when you guys were on last time, uh, we just kind of talked about Think Alike Productions uh, in a whole, and we just kind of touched on Pray for Angels, but didn't get a whole lot of details. So can you tell the listeners about Pray for Angels? First, let me ask you, have you guys read it yet? Uh, no, I haven't got a chance to. I just got the uh, PDF yesterday. That file is so freaking huge, it's slowing our computers down. <laughs> <flipping> <laughs> <through> <laughs> it's like 650 megs or yeah. something. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, just uh, the reason I ask is I, I don't want to, I'm not going to give away any spoilers for uh, your audience or for yourself, but uh, essentially oh, what you. Pray for Angels is a retelling of uh, Jack the Ripper in 1901 Paris, uh, essentially with a point of view from the writer of the screenplay, because this was adapted by Ruben from a screenplay that's a, uh, a feature film currently in pre-production right now of the same title. That's right. Okay. And essentially, it's um, the writer's imagination, you talk about creativity, uh, of who and what happened to Jack and where he went and uh, a, a possible explanation of why he escaped uh, justice in uh, in the UK. It's got a lot of twists and turns. Um, it's got a lot of uh, certain twists and turns that uh, definitely will throw the audience uh, in terms of, um, I will say kind of like if you guys, I, I don't know if you should know the TV show Penny Dreadful. Do you know Penny Dreadful? I don't know. Okay, it's a show on uh, Showtime. It's got a lot of uh, mysticism, a lot of... Uh, supernatural a lot of things like that so it's definitely i would say in that in that realm and uh the colors uh pop out the store uh, the, the art by sajad shah he really has uh you know th- th- what i was saying earlier from image it's it's like i'm, I'm kind of fixated on sajad's clean lines and and beautiful characters and then george cortez was the uh, colorist just the colors that he has in the backgrounds it's uh, so it's quite a fantastic story, and it's been a journey since uh, November of 2014. We finished it in uh, what in September what, September of this year. Um, we released the trade in uh, in an exclusive basis at New York Comic Con, and uh, you know it's been uh, it's been a great ride. So um, I, I wish I could go into a little bit more detail, but uh, then I would spoil uh, the story for you. But let's just put it this way. It, as you start reading it at the end of every issue, there is a um, it kind of leaves you hanging in terms of a uh, cliffhanger. And not until issue four do you go. I mean, you get clues, but not until issue four do you find out what's going on. And then at that point, your your head will literally explode. <laughs> Oh. It will it will it'll blow off your shoulders. Um, yeah, no, no, yeah. It was it was a fun it was a fun project to work on. Um, you know, uh, adapting a screenplay uh, into a comic book. 
<clears throat> is is a challenge within itself. But being able to 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 take something like that and and turn it into a five issue miniseries, um, like he said, we we premiered the trade at New York Comic Con to to a wonderful reception. We took we we sold out of the book. People were just you know picking it up and and you know every time we told them. You know, this is a, a, a Jack the Ripper meets Penny Dreadful type of situation. Their eyes kind of lit up and, and they, they really got the concept of it right away. Um, you know, again, not to spoil anything, but, but you know, so, so that your listeners know uh, and so you guys know what you're getting yourself into. Um, it, it really goes into, into, into the fantastical as far as, you know, what Jack the Ripper uh, the the mythology behind Jack the Ripper, uh, and, and we take that and 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 we run with it. Christian Fraga did an amazing job at coming up with a with a really cool, fun way that that this that the way that this character, uh, you know, of Jack the Ripper kind of moved around and and how he got away with what he got away with. Um, so it was you know it's 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 a book that we pride ourselves with because you know even you know we 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 get people emailing us like. The art is beautiful. The story is great. It's it's written wonderfully. So it's it's one of these things where we're like we're like it's like a you know a, a beautiful baby. We're just so we're proud of. <laughs> a beautiful baby. I've never heard yeah. it described like that before. I like that. And, uh, we uh, we have the file open here on the computer, looking at it uh, before we uh, called you guys up. And the artwork on top of the story. I mean, the artwork is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, it looks almost uh, third dimension. Yeah, I've never seen artwork like that in a comic, especially that has. It, it looks like it's three D the way that their the cheekbones are shaded and everything, mm-hmm. and the faces. It's incredible. Yeah, so, so Josh Shaw did a very very good job. He's the uh, artist. He's a uh, he's from South Florida, and um, you know I, I was introduced to him by Ruben, who looked at him. Found him on Instagram, and I, stalk, you know, I tell him the truth. I stalked him on Instagram. <laughs> him, and then I kept asking him, you know, let's do a test page. Let's do a test page. He did a test page, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Now, in the beginning, he had to learn the characters, making consistent. But as it got on, and in issues four and five, especially issue five, I mean, I was just like, every time I saw Ruben would send me a page, I'd be like, "What do you want me to say? What do you? There's no criticism here." <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then George would add the colors, and I'd be like. I can't edit this. There's nothing to edit. It's just too perfect. So that, that's, it, it kind of spoils me for, you know, other comic books because Sajad is so is so good. But he, again, he's got his own style. But I think for this, the way that um, it was meant to be in terms of a, at least for the the movie and, and a, a period piece, very, uh, you know, very colorful things that pop out, uh, very detail oriented, very. Um, for some of the main characters, very, you know, clean, good-looking characters, if you will, uh, as you'll see, as you can see, I already see from the art. Now it is mature. There is the first couple pages. There are some things that it's not for anybody under 18, um, and there's a lot of gore and violence. But it's not, it's not cheap gore and violence. It's you know, it it serves a purpose. It 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 it, descri- it helps with the story describe because at the end of the day, Jack the Ripper was not exactly a a clean-cut kind of character. He was pretty good from himself. So, um, you know, if you're a fan of From Hell, Penny Dreadful, uh, Ripper Street, even Sherlock Holmes, um, I think that the way that Chris and Christian envisions the film is very much like the Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey in that 
style where the action is almost kind of like stop motion and he's thinking and and in that with the nice costumes and, and you know make a, a period piece that that pops off the screen that you were like wow i just sat for two hours and i'm like i want to see more so yeah that does sound awesome mm-hmm. those were good movies those sherlock Holmes movies yeah. yeah i want to see a third one i think i hope they do one i thought i heard they exactly. were but yeah, same here yeah but sure. i don't know if, i don't know if robert downey's not too busy with marvel to be able to do that <laughs> He's getting old. <laughs> so being based on a screenplay, I'm sure the, the story that the, is contained in the movie is contained in the, you said it was a four-part series, right? No, oh, it's five, five. Five parts. Five, yeah. So is there ever going to be any branching off into like furthering the story like uh, before, like a prequel or? Uh... I, you know, me and Ben, we, you know, when, when Ben acquired the rights to, uh, to, to turn the screenplay into a comic book, um, you know, we we started to play with the idea of sequels and prequels and things like that. And you know, I've got I've got some great ideas. You know, I well, I mean, great to me. Uh, uh, but you know, I'm I'm just being biased. Um, but yeah, no, I've got some 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 solid ideas of of where this thing, you know, where 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 this story came from. Where again, I don't want to say too much, but but how this thing all could have started, and and then where it could go because. Because Jack isn't the only horrible person that we've had, you know, as far as a serial killer, you know, goes, you know, the Zodiac was never caught. H.H. Holmes was was horrible. So it's like, can can we take these things and, and, and adapt them to these other characters? Um, and I think we can. I just... Um, you know, we just need to, you know, provided the chance that that people enjoy the book. Um, it's it's doing, you know, it's doing very well on on Comicsology. People, you know, are downloading it, and um, so and and like I said, we sold out of the trade at New York Comic Con. So I think, you know, it's 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 still making its rounds, and we're still trying to build awareness before we we kind of you know step into the prequel or sequel world. But I think that the the you know once you finish it. You know, even your own wheels, you could probably start turning. You will start turning. And you could say, "Oh yeah, you know, they could probably do this or that or this with it." Um, and and again, you know, it's a story that lends itself to that. So, but it is self-contained. It does have a beginning, middle, and end. We don't leave you kind of like, <clears throat> "Oh, this is going to continue." It can continue if we wanted it to. Right. Yeah, it, it can continue. And as Ruben said, there can be a, an origin story. Um, you know, and the way I think Christian did that on purpose, um, although he has a beginning, middle, and end, it it's uh, it's not uh, you know it's not the end. The end. It can it can continue, or you can go back in time, without making it like like a lot of these prequels, which are totally unnecessary. Um, you know, uh, kind of like you can do it like in the style of Prometheus, where you find out the origins of the alien. So you can find out, do something like that, or you can do like an Alien 2 or something like that. Um, it can definitely continue, and we'll see. I mean, um, the film is supposed to be shoot, shooting next July after the European Cup in France. Um, and uh, if it comes out and it's one of those Matrix-type uh, cult hits, um, I know that Christian would be uh, you know, more than willing to... Uh, sell the sequel and, and prequel rights, uh, both in terms of the film and comic book. And we actually, when we were in uh, Cannes a couple of years ago, there is a French producer that really liked the story and, and would like to make it into a actual TV show. 
Oh, wow. And hmm. Chris, Christian told me today that uh, another producer asked him, why don't you make it into a kind of like heavy metal type anime? Um, now, I don't think it plays well like that necessarily. I think it's more for a, a live action. Uh, yeah, but, you I know. I totally agree on that front. Yeah. It's a period with metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it's. I think it's definitely more live action. Um, you know, there is something I'm tinkering around with in terms of uh, a company called Made Fire to do a motion comic down the road, perhaps. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, uh, because if you imagine adding what you're seeing in the PDF and the sound and the action come to life, it's it's, it's a little complicated and, it's, you know, it's, it involves development. But, um, but that would be kind of an, an animated way so that you have like a five like a comic book animation type thing so that's that's pretty cool but um you know i'm, I'm keen on on seeing this to the screen especially when i watch penny dreadful the way it's shot the way it's it's just beautiful and you know i love these period pieces uh with uh with uh the costumes and and uh you know old london so this would be old paris and it's just that would be fantastic so it looks like 2016 holds a lot for these guys, too. Yep. <laughs> we were just saying a few episodes ago how uh, everybody has big plans for 2016. It looks like you guys are uh, no exception. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we're trying. We're trying. I mean, we, we picked up a few new titles. Um, me and Bob are, are working on a, uh, on a retelling of, of The Three Musketeers. Oh, uh, sweet. Uh, um, you know, and you guys know Bob from Salvagers. and. Oh, yeah. And, what a great writer he is and we we sat down and we started talking about you know kind of like what we could do and you know we had a, we have our own ideas for our own stories and things like that but we wanted to do something together and um and you know public domain is, is there's so much wealth there there's so much oh, yeah. things that you you know characters that you can take and play with um and the three musketeers have always fascinated me um as a little kid so you know i we kind of came up with this really cool idea um, you know, and that's you know, just to give you guys uh, a little tagline. It's you know, it's Three Musketeers meets Game of Thrones. So it's Ooh. it's 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 violent. It's 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 strong. It's uh, and it takes these characters and puts them in in a whole new. You know, we we, we want to stay true to to the Alexander Dumas novel and 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 those characters, but at the same time, we want we want to bring them into the 21st century. You know, 2016, mm. but meant you know. Not not visually and not worldwide. They, they we we're, we're still in the 18th century, so to speak, in in the comic books. But but again, we want to give that that just that new school injection into the story, kind of like what they're doing with, you know, the like we mentioned Sherlock Holmes, uh, that new Frankenstein movie that's coming out with, oh, uh, yeah. back, you know, that just kind of like that old period piece, but with you know today's action set pieces so that's what you know we wanted to do with with the three musketeers so we're working on that um and we've picked up summons we've picked up sartana um you know i've we've got i've i myself have the throwaways and and rex storm coming next year so it's you know we're, we're trying to do big things we've got you know guys like who have been on board since day one of think alike um with uh with sakuro uh and that's about to premiere as well he's just wrapping up the third issue now so we're going to be able to you know give him the, the the you know the premiere that he deserves with that book um we just brought in a marketing and branding director on to think alike to kind of you know grow the awareness grow the social media presence um so we're just you know we're, we're trying to do what all these other companies are doing, but just, you know, one step 
step at a time. And that's the only way you can do it, mm-hmm. really. Just right. one step at a time. Well, yeah, when, you, uh, when you're when you ready to debut that title, uh, let us know. We'll get them on the show and get you guys back on. Definitely. Definitely. Well, guys, it's been a heck of a lot of fun, and uh, we want to thank you, one, for sending us uh, Pray for Angels. We can't ra- wait to read it, and two, for being back on the show. We always have so much fun when you guys are on here. We'll have to tag <laughs> team the dump bin for that one once we both uh, Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. No, we idea. love it. <laughs> Here we go. We love we love being on and uh, and I'm sorry that the file's so huge. It's just, I, I, you oh, know, we're just razzing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's I'm how we do. That, yeah, I'm the one that puts those PDFs to, you know uh, together, and it's like sometimes I'm like I don't know how to make this file smaller. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually kind of how uh, we came up to talking about how good the art is because we were like, man, this file's big, but we were thinking, well. The resolution's probably got to be uh, yeah. there to support, yeah. you know, make this art look as good as it uh, needs to be. Right. So we understand. I can We're imagine what that it looks like you. in print. Oh, oh yeah. I know. Uh, I just learned how to how to send over just the link because before I was sending the file for you to download itself. Like, oh, wow. So now, like, I would have to upload it and it would take forever to upload to send to you. So now I just learned that, like, if I upload it to this website, I could just send you the link and that goes faster then you actually download it but even then it takes forever so but <laughs> but it's worth the time so you know i hope you guys enjoy it and um and i can't wait to hear what you think oh, yeah, and, yeah and on as you said on print when i first saw it in new york i was i mean it's just amazing and that glossy page it's oh, unbelievable oh my gosh i can imagine <laughs> that new book smell yeah. to it yeah <laughs> i bet you're on cloud nine <laughs> it's great well, when we get some prints done again, we'll we'll make sure to send you guys some copies. Hey, hey, we'll we'll uh, yeah, we'll gladly accept. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys, for being here. And you, uh, listeners, you can check out everything these guys are up to at thinkalikeproductions.com. And you guys are on uh, Twitter as well. Just Think Alike Productions, right? Uh, think Alike Pro at Think Alike Pro, and uh, and you can find us on Instagram at Think Alike Productions. And uh, we'll also have all that information on the website too. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again for being here. Jack, what do we have on the website? We've got our show notes, the Hall of Heroes, uh, videos from our YouTube page, uh, our episode list, and a contact page where you can send us an email and say hi or something. Or something, you know, something. anything you want. You guys suck. <laughs> and don't forget to find us on Twitter at can underscore air and on Instagram at CandairPod. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, not much has changed on there as of yet. When the video is going to be soon, right? Yeah, we said that last week, and I keep I keep forgetting I've got to upload it because it's done. I just got. Did you put that it. last sequence in there? The, like the dreamy yep. thing? Yep. Oh my god, I want to see it. Yeah. Okay, so put it put it up this week. <laughs> I will. So yeah, by the time you're hearing this, the video uh, we've been talking about for so long the uh, the eight, what was the it's stop September. motion? Yeah. Yeah. Stop motion animation, green screen, the whole nine yards to the best of our ability. So. Uh, Enjoy that. And then next week, we're not going to be doing a uh, typical show. We are going to be uploading in place of the show our uh, Star Wars Radio Theater. Pretty much is what we're doing. We're, we're making an audio adventure in, that takes place in the Star Wars universe. So it's probably going to be pretty darn embarrassing. But uh, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun so far. And hopefully you guys find it fun as well. Con Radio. Else? Yes, we are on Con Radio. Big uh, hello. It's a little late in the episode, <laughs> yeah. but a big hello to all the, all the Con Radio listeners. I meant to say it at the beginning, but man, the anticipation of talking about Star yeah, Wars it just, just ran. Just went rampant, you know? It didn't, it didn't stop. So, all right. But uh, yeah, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Jack Doherty. I am Ruben Romero. Benjamin Charbot. Thanks for listening, everyone. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.
house is on fire. I need to get help. Do it from outside. Blowtorch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on CandarePodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains... We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show. Hey, 